The Great Gatsby leads a podium that only one person in the world predicted. We debate whether or not the engine mode ban was a major factor in the mayhem in Monza. And we give our predictions for Mugello. Let's jump the start. Hey everybody and welcome into the Jump to Start podcast. My name is Wellington. I'm here with two of my closest friends. Yancy, say hello. Hi. Ruben, how are you? <laughs> What's going on, guys? Guys, today we are going to discuss the absolute mayhem that was the Italian Grand Prix at Monza, the Temple of Speed. Before I get into that, though, I want to make sure that I mention our social media, I guess, uh, platforms. Yeah. So on Twitter and on Instagram, we're on at Jump the Start F1. We're at uh, Jump the Start Racing on YouTube. We are very active on our YouTube channel. Uh, we're also available. Obviously, if you listen to the podcast, you know you know where to find us. But we're all available on op- Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. I didn't hear you. Can you say that again, please? Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, <laughs> TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thank you. Thank you very there much. There you go. Yancey spoke. Yes. So I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to be just calm and collected because it was a boring race. Oh, this race. <laughs> so before wow. getting even into the race, there are two things to kind of really talk about just to of course we record and then the next day news drops, but uh, Claire Williams, it was her final race as the deputy team principal uh, of the Williams team. It was bought out by Doralton Capital. We talked about that two episodes ago. Um, the end of an era. I know that's Ruben's favorite team, so I will I will let him have his uh, his time to shine. But what was it? Seven constructors championships and it, it, a storied franchise, to say the least. How many towels did you go through to wipe away your tears? <laughs> I was actually a little bit disappointed. I didn't cry that much. Not like her, not, you know, like, not like the third team did, but I was surprised that the change came so quick, you know, from such a historic team and announcing, you know, they've been having financial troubles for a long time and them announcing, you know, somebody was trying to finally buy them, but they, I guess, promised that they were going to keep on with the Williams heritage. Yeah. Didn't last long, that promise. Yeah. Like, <laughs> then the following week, the Williams family was like, okay, we took our money. Peace. <laughs> well, I mean, we don't know what happened behind closed doors. Well, I, I, there was some insight where she said that, you know, they don't own the team anymore. So yeah. now, now they have to take orders. Yeah. You know, <laughs> now they they would have to take orders for a team that they always owned and they didn't have to answer to nobody. So yeah. it would be weird for them to to be running the team while somebody else owns it. So and I think. You know, they have that right. They've earned that right. Frank has earned that right. Frank Williams has earned that right. She's earned that right. They grew up in that team. They they won the second most championships in F1 history. You know, they they the only thing I'm disappointed is that the drivers didn't, you know, have a personalized message for Ruben since he's <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is but, <laughs> So uh but yeah, man, I mean she she deserved to go out the way she wanted to. It was very sudden, but it is what it is, you know. So since this team has been pretty much her whole life, and Frank as well. So what is normal for them, dude? That's I'm tough, sure they they man. don't even know. 
I'm talking about, I, remember, I, I think I remember a little something from her um, Beyond the Grid interview that she did with the podcast. And um, what she was saying that when the drivers came over, the drivers that were willing to sign or, or they're looking to sign came over. And whatever driver made their bed, they were not signed in because there's no way a driver has time to make their bed. They're too busy thinking about driving. Oh, wow. So even the drivers will sleep over in their house or, you know, their vacation or wow. whatever, their property. So oh, Yeah, she was used to, I remember She's been around. When, I think it was for the Williams documentary, she mentioned that, you know, she was, what, 14, 15 years old. And they have uh, Ayrton Senna there about wow. to yeah. sign for the team. And she's like, oh, hi, Ayrton. Like, it's no, that's, that's normal. That's normal. That's, so what's the new normal? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's tough, but, you know, I... I I think it it's what that team needed. They needed a, a you know injection of cash, and hopefully they will be able to bring on a new era for Williams and have him be competitive again. I don't know if that's going to happen, but we'll see. Is yeah. that what Ferrari needs? Oh my god! <laughs> here we go. Wow, we literally talked right before the podcast. Yo, let's lay off Ferrari, and here we go. <laughs> right at the start. no no. Going back to Williams is. I'm not satisfied. Like I think, uh, heritage teams like that they should stay out on longer. Yeah, and they're unfortunately they disappear. Well, the name is there, so for now, yeah. For how for long? Now. That it would that would be like the equivalent, and even like that, it wouldn't it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't go. But it would be the equivalent of like the Steinbrenner selling the Yankees. You know, right now the Yankees are you know that's them. So I don't know. We'll see, but. The Yankees were owned by, you know, they had previous owners before. So it's just the way sports things work. They have different owners. I wonder if it was like a COVID thing that kind of really pushed them out. But whatever. I mean, it's done. Probably was. Yeah. And uh, move on from. We will never know. Yeah. So the other, it's not a piece of news because we talked about it last week. But um, the other bit of information coming into this weekend's racing stuff was that qualifying modes would be banned. The party modes would be banned at uh, Monza. I'm going to say, I don't believe that it had an effect, but some people disagree. Success. Yeah. Some people disagree for now. Yeah. For now. So let's jump right into it. Let's get into the race weekend review. So the Italian Grand Prix at Monza Qualifying again was it wasn't as much of a problem as last time or as last year, but then then you started seeing everybody now like hustling up because they instituted a rule where you had to have a minimum uh, time around the lap or around the the track to get your fast times in. You started seeing everybody hustling around the track and interfering with each other and each other's slipstreams. It was just a disaster. They need to figure something out. Well, it introduced a bit of chaos. What I did notice that it was only when there were 20 cars on the grid and then things got a little bit better as the cars got, got started getting eliminated. Granted, you don't want to see somebody doing a fast lap and somebody else slow. Like that, that, that incident with, uh, was it Kimi and Ocon? Yes. Yes. That was scary because it yes. looked like, you know, and you're and this is qualifying. It's not a race. It looked like they were racing. It looked <laughs> yeah. like they were racing. Though. Yeah. So... Oh, that's what we said. That it, we they should just yeah, transition just, to sprint races. Well, we kind of got that in the race. Yeah, <laughs> got two races <laughs> in one. <laughs> Dude, what a weekend! Q one yeah. was super exciting to me, especially with that mayhem was well, going on. So I'm like, oh my god, it's happening again! It's gonna happen what? again next. You know, Q two, Q three. When you introduce a little bit of chaos, regardless of how you introduce it, it's always fun to watch as as a viewer. 
But we also have to think about the people on the track and their safety. And you're, you're, these are cars that are going around a track on super light cars at anywhere from 180 to 200 miles an hour, especially at Monza. It's kind of dangerous. So you have to think about it, that aspect. But as a, as a viewer, as pure entertainment, that was great. Yeah, like it was. I think it was better. I said over the radio. Why did the alphas have to overtake everybody? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at the beginning, when he said that, I'm thinking about Alpha Tauri. Like, what the hell is better talking about? But yeah. then as I went back and see it again, mm-hmm. again, like, oh, he's talking about Kimi, and then he's decided to take overtaking everybody. Yeah, but that, that's what created the mayhem. That but they wanted to go the fast. Mayhem because the whole point is, and I think it was Jensen Button that mentioned it, is that these drivers, there's now there's. They lost a little bit of respect now. There's no respect now as far as let you go first, I yeah, go yeah, first. Yeah. There's there's not none of that. As the session progressed when you went into Q2, Q3, yeah, you saw it, you know, people letting people, you know, do their fast laps and, and things like that. But there was a lot more, I guess, of a gentleman's agreement yeah. in the past. That's what Jensen Button on the broadcast was referring to. But it's funny that um, even in Q2, I think Q1 or Q3 as well, Everybody just follows suit right after Mercedes. Well, yeah. the Mercedes didn't need a tow. No, no, I know, but but everybody follows suits right after them. Like they came out first, and they just like, okay, open the hells, open the gates, because because Mercedes doesn't need a tow. No, so need. any other car does need a tow. So they're gonna take advantage of the first car going out. I'm going right after them. Yeah, and so and and at one point, I think it was during Q3. The Mercedes just went out and everybody yeah. was unprepared. Yeah, yeah sometimes I, I, I think it was like uh, five minutes left in the session, or five forty, for you know, like yeah. six minutes. They took out and and everybody just followed suit. Like, okay, so like, can you guys do your own lap? You know, yeah, same thing you're saying. I tell hey, you what, you know, I fo- you do a tow for me, I do a tow for you. Let's go and do our time, and you know, so we could considering, you know, qualifying results were the usual Mercedes one two, and you had Carlos Sainz third. You did. No, 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 when you pointed to one saying that was, he had the prediction, like what? No, but Carlos Sainz was third, but it was a normal result of what a qualifying would be during this, during this season or even in the past seasons, damn Mercedes, but look how much we're talking about it. It was a great weekend overall. So what, what's crazy is, as you guys said, Mercedes was out ahead Hamilton was out ahead by eight tenths. Uh, Valtteri Bottas was behind him by less than one tenth. I'm sorry. Hamilton was out ahead of Carlos Sainz by eight tenths. And Bottas was behind him by less than a tenth. So that gap was huge. Within within three tenths, you had Carlos Sainz, Sergio Perez, Max Verstappen, Lando Norris, and Daniel Ricciardo. Within three tenths. Actually, within two tenths. So, uh... To me, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I believe that the engine modes, the regulation, did not have an, an effect on qualifying. Maybe not in qualifying, but we watch for the race, not in qualifying. So uh, maybe you we can. all knew, we all knew that obviously the Mercedes engine is super quick, and nobody can match them. So you already know, and I don't know. If the gap would have been larger, if they had a different qualifying mode, and that would have been insane if they did, and that would not. Have Here's been what's also the insane: they mm-hmm. had a high down or higher downforce setup than the other cars, so they were that far ahead. 
on a low downforce. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean because they're click- crazy. They're clicking on all gears, man. No, no. Could you imagine they're if they gave each other a toe? Well, Ooh, I mean they 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 kind of did, but it's either way is that that car is just good in all facets. It's just not. And then on top of that, you throw in the best driver in the world. That's that. It's a dream team. It's I'm, a, I'm it's not a there though. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> so that anything else on qualifying now, right? No. Uh, so the race itself. Let's get onto the good stuff. Oh my god, we so we have to kind of lay out the narrative of what actually happened. So right at the start, there was there was action right at the start with Hamilton getting off to a good start, and of course, Rubens' boy Valtteri Bottas got bogged down Sleeping at the start. Again. He, he's, yeah, he said that he was going to miss time, be ahead of the lights being out. So he held back and that kind of screwed him up. Oh and it put him into, I guess, the next role behind. Why is he playing these games with himself? Dude, just start. Just go. I think he's I think he's in his head. It's what we talked about last time. Well, he's Lewis in his head. In his head he's in his head trying to beat Lewis. You see all the stuff that Nico Rosberg went through to be able to beat him. I he's think doing that the exact opposite of what he should he's be He's psyching himself out. Absolutely. I got a question. Um, when was the year? What was the year that was seventeen that Rosberg won the title? Sixteen. Sixteen. 16. So it's almost four years. One more year to you know five years later to write the book at least. So yeah. Bottas got a couple yeah. of more years to, to, to study. Yeah. <laughs> man, Bottas doesn't have it, man. He I don't think. Have so. I don't it. think so. Yeah. He doesn't have it. So simultaneously, you also saw Verstappen bogged down at the start. So that led to Hamilton up ahead with Carlos Sainz. I think he was P two. Lando Norris and like. Stroll and Perez all fighting at the front of the pack for, I guess, the podium positions. Please don't insult the race and mention Stroll in that front pack. Then. Well, because he also fell behind. Back. Listen, I thought that he had a terrific race. So that was the start. Then we get Sebastian Vettel goes out in lap six with a brake failure. He, it was actually like, it was watching, I think Yancey said it during the race. It was like watching a destruction derby. He just <laughs> went through, what was it? A polystyrene. Bros, yeah. <laughs> it was straight up smash bros. It was like, <laughs> boom. <laughs> We're in Italy, so, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not funny when you see a car out of control. Oh, the especially Italian job. That's that yeah. movie. With <laughs> <the line>. Wait. <laughs> it's not funny when you have a car that doesn't have brakes when you're going that fast. Oh, but yeah. at the moment when you see all these things just exploding. It feels like you're watching like a Japanese game show. Or yeah, something. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it looked like, like a Japanese game show. <laughs> yeah, you, all right, if you guys have not seen the race, which I find it hard to believe, but we'll put we'll put the link to the highlights in the uh, show notes. Make sure to check those out because it's a phenomenal race or entertaining race, I should say. K Mag had a failure on the start finish straight uh, that prevented it. It was far enough from the pit entrance. Or it was far enough from the, the parabolica turn at the end of the track that they they didn't even call a safety safety car right away, but it was the the route to get the car off was through the pits, so they had to close the pit entrance. And they but they had to bring out a crane, didn't they? They brought out a crane, so that, and yes, and because of that accident, because of the accident which unfortunately killed Jules Bianchi. Whenever you have a crane on the track, they always throw out a safety car. Yes. Especially if it's in the way of the cars because things happen. So so that closed the pit entrance and Lewis Hamilton and Antonio Giovinazzi pitted while the pit entrance was supposed to be closed. So they 
Long story short, they ended up getting penalties for it. 10 second stop and goals, which is the most Arches? severe penalty <clears throat> that you can get. During I want you to say it with me, though. What's that? Repeat after me. Let's go. Mercedes effed up. They yeah, did. They, they did. They should have told him. Even if he... I blame him, but I also blame the team. They should have definitely told me, you got to stay out. Yeah. I mean, it was a it was a total team F up, and they paid for it. Yeah. That's what, what happened. I, what I don't understand is K-Mac pulled over. Why didn't he just back him up to the bank that was at the opening? I think he pulled over where he did so they could reverse him into that area there. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no, but I don't but think... But he, he was so close to the pedestrians. I understand I that it just ruled him in, but normally... Yeah, but you if know. you look in the back, there's mm-hmm. no way you can get another. Uh, uh, you can get a one of those cranes in there to to lift. Well, up the car doesn't have to be removed right away if he's safely out. Uh, if he was to, you know, if they would have just pushed him back, because I think that's why he he took a right on the actual car. Oh, you want to push me that far? All right, so I get on the car, you push me, and I steer. You know, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I mean, think after the whole like GNC said after the Jules Bianchi thing, that changed everything as far as yeah. I mean, and anytime you have an accident. Like that, that that causes a driver either a fatal injury or or a crazy injury. Let's say like Felipe Massa with the spring yeah. coming into his face. Um, they F one is quick to respond, and that's why they have it in place, and that's why they put the halo in place. Of course, that's why yeah. they put all these safety measures because so many things can happen. Absolutely. If we never lose a lot, another driver, I am okay with a hundred safety cars. Yeah. I, I, and they make the races interesting. So they do. Speaking of driver safety. From the pit entrance opened, everybody pitted. It was lap 22. Not everybody, but for the most part, people pitted lap 22. Um, after that, lap 23, Charles Leclerc goes literally flying off the track. Dude. And one of the most, one of the most ridiculous crashes I've seen as far as hard of an impact. Yeah, and I mean, that was, I was, I was... I was like, I was scared for him. I was yeah. like, wow. Yeah, because that because was also very high speed too. It's the beginning of the parabolic. So and and it's not speed. it's not like he's going off under braking. He's going off under acceleration. Yep. Because right. at that point in the parabolic, obviously you brake to go in, but once you start hitting the apex, you you're fall. you're on the throttle. Right. So he just lost the rear end and that car was going straight into that wall. Uh, you know, thank God that there was like four, it was like four rows of tires yeah. there. But that was insane. Dude, to see him get up and run off, I was like, yo, this guy's got to be in shock. I think that, yeah, I think it was just the adrenaline running through his thing because that that was a hard impact. So to me, him running on the track was the craziest thing that I saw this whole weekend because just thinking about Jules Bianchi, Mm -hmm. something could have happened before they got the safety car out there and it would have been just, I don't know, it would have just been a disaster. Yeah. That was that was. I think Leclerc that was like crazy. A, had a bad dream and he thought he was still in the dream <laughs> and he was trying to pull up he's still a Martin Brando. He, he's a Ferrari driver. Yeah, that's the. That's he was trying to put a, a Martin Brando. He was trying to run to the pits. Gonna- <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The, the accident that uh, um, Martin had in, in Australia that he actually had, after the accident oh he ran God, to the pits yeah, to and get got his, his other car. Yeah, so that's what Leclerc <laughs> was trying to do. Oh yeah, that's right. That's when they allowed it. They had a third car. car. I mean, I just want to clarify also that there was some time between the crash and when he ran off the ran out of the car. But like, I, I don't know. It was that was insane. an interesting sight. So that led to a red flag. Uh, I don't even remember. They stopped it maybe for twenty minutes. The whole race. That mm-hmm. means everybody, every driver lined up in the order they were in, 
in the pits or the, or the order they pulled in, I should say, into the pits and literally took a break so they could clean up the wreckage. They could restore the barrier, make everything basically safe again. Um, from there, it was just they they actually ended up circling back around and then doing a standing start, which was that the first time that we've seen that? Yes. I mean, That's I, the first time they've done that after a red flag. Fittipaldi said that in the uh, post-race show, that that was the first time that we had that. And I was like, dude, that, that's... Yeah, because... Like, most impossible to believe, right? Yeah. That, yeah. That, it was a rule that was recently reinstated, but the only time we've had a red flag before something like this recently has been uh, because of rain. Gotcha. So after, when you have a... When obviously, when it's raining, they they do a rolling start. That wasn't the case here. So they, they, the rule is to do a standing start. So from that standing start was just freaking absolute balls to the wall action. To no, You know what? I'm going to take that back. It was exciting and very interesting to finish the race from lap, whatever, 26 or whatever. Yeah, to, it was like about halfway through. The yeah, race. it was like perfect halftime. Got up, go to the bathroom, make some food. Perfect. <laughs> That's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> so podium finishers, Pierre Gasly, Carlos Sainz, and Lance Stroll. If you would have made, there was a person that made a bet. I don't know where, what country they were in, but they made a bet and they ended up winning 166,000 euros or something oh to that God, effect. It, the odds were like 166 oh, something to okay. one. So, I don't know. That's if who, what in your right mind? <laughs> you're not. You're not. You're not. You're not. Would make you predict that not one Mercedes, not one Ferrari, and not one Red Bull will be well, on the Ferrari. We already knew there was a Red Bull. <laughs> wow. Well, there wasn't a Red Bull. That's Alpha Tari. Yeah, but it's the Ferrari. We already knew was not going to be anywhere. We get it, Ruby. Okay, we get it. I just wanted to make sure you guys heard that. <laughs> But that was the first time, I think, since 2004, I believe it was. I don't know. That there wasn't one of those three teams on the podium. Wow. Wow. So, and don't quote me on the year, but it's around that time. So, that's insane. And that was great. And I loved every minute of it. Because that's what we want to see. That's exactly what we want to see as fans. We want to see. I want you, can you clarify what we want to see? We want to see other drivers besides the top teams either win or compete for the win. Correct. We want to see unpredictability in sports. Exactly. Just like every other sport. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what we want to see. But if one's not like that. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of factors. Are, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of sports that aren't like that either. Yeah, I'm sick of the Patriots, by the way. F one, fly eye. F one other time, just go by error. <laughs> I just had to put that out there. So <laughs> let's uh, let the podium finisher. So Pierre Gasly's race. I so here's the thing, right? They Kevin Magnuson had you know the car whatever died, pulls off to the side, and there was a caution on on. It wasn't yet the safety car, but we saw um, Alfatari pull in. Pierre Gasly to get on the first tires before the safety car was even deployed. I thought like, because the the safety car had to happen. I thought it was a brilliant move, but it turns out they said after the race, no, they just got lucky that they pitted him. And not only that, but that the pit lane happened to be uh, closed. And that, 
Right. And then that allowed him to catch up to everybody else in the train with the safety car. And then when everybody else pitted, he just jumped straight to the, I think he ended up being third in the order. And that allowed him to really put him, that, that put him in the position to just kind of capitalize to win the race. So you think maybe it was AlphaTauri's reaction to it because they reacted right away. That's what I thought. But what they said was that it wasn't that. They were going to pit him and then it just happened to happen the they, way. I, it looks like they wanted to pit him to get him out of the way of of uh, Kavia. Because Kavia had Kavia, more pace. Kavia the whole race. had better pace. Yeah. So he was pushing the team like, yo, let me go ahead. Let me go ahead. And that was his oh, yeah, ultimate undoing. But instead of actually, you know, telling Pierre to move over, they just pitted him. Instead of Pierre, Kavia is faster than you. Yeah, exactly. So they avoided that, which you see a lot of teams avoid that situation if they had to. So they pitted him. Except for and then everything. <laughs> oh, Ruben. <laughs> and then everything just fell into place. And But he was he drove a great race because he was in position to not only be ahead, but hold off Carlos Sainz at the end. Right. It doesn't just take strategy. You have to drive the race. They can't make the call. Yeah, turn here, turn there. They can, yeah. yeah. That doesn't... And you know what, Kavia actually, in the post-race interview, he said it literally took a worst-case scenario of everything for Gasly to win. And he had better... He said it, and I'm like sitting there like, uh, you're really just jealous. No, you're a hater. But... You're right. That's all racing drivers. Yeah, I know. mean, yeah. especially if it's your teammate. <laughs> yeah, he I mean, won, what, he won after the race. this mayhem of a race that we had this weekend, would you have wanted a different guy than Pierre to win? The guy that's yes. coming. Over. I would have liked Carlos, Carlos Sainz. Sainz so yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. We, so future would I, Ferrari but, but driver. Also, you know, other stuff, other things that he has overcome. I in think past. you're, no, you're 100% right there. The story the is story line, yes. better. Yes. Ruben, you feeling a little sentimental today? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I want Pierre to win. <laughs> no, but... um, <laughs> Poor Pierre. <laughs> yeah, so just to go into what Ruben alluded to, last year, he was... He started the year on the Red Bull main team. In the... I guess... the Did he make it all the way to, to the August break? I don't even remember. But no, he I was think he got let go before the August before break. the August break. Yeah. He was demoted back down to Toro Rosso, who Wait, is now Alpha Tori. The the first race for Albon wasn't it at Spa? Uh, I thought it was at. Uh, oh yeah, you're right. So Spa is the first race yeah, right the after the break. Back. So it was during the break. Yeah. So and then yeah, and then Alex Albon got the promotion to the Red Bull team, and it's worked out great for Pierre Gasly, who has not that he scored more points than Albon, but. He's just really showing out in a car that's much worse. He actually got a podium before Alex Albon since the switch. He actually got his first race win before Alex Albon since the switch. So it's like... I saw a picture of uh, of Pierre Gasly and uh, Alex Albon together. And the caption was, uh, you have uh, two podiums and a race win in the same picture. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> So, like we were joking about uh, earlier, Christian Horner was probably like, yo, you up to uh, to Pierre Gasly? <laughs> Come back up to the Red Bull team. But he, I think he actually intimated that he wanted it. He, sh he said that he wanted to be rewarded for what it. What else is he going to say? Right. You, if, you're, if you're given the choice of going up to a top team as a racing driver, you're going to say no? Well, that's what he had to say. Would it be a better situation for him? I don't, I don't know, know, man. 
I don't think so. It's I think, tough to be. I think you would have to look um, at another team. You definitely have more people looking at him now, especially after this year. Right. You know, he's been driving lights out regardless. Right. You know. And we and talked about we it last talked week. We talked about it last week. And um, now you add a race win. So yeah. you, you, he... He doesn't buckle under the pressure. He can, if he's ahead, he can he could take it home for the win, dude. That's big, man. That's it. This race changed his career completely. His career trajectory. It's up to him if he wants. I, th- to I think this momentum. year, this year he's been putting in the effort and getting the results. Well, it, obviously, this is a huge boost, but I don't think it changed his trajectory. When last week we were talking about, he deserves a better seat. And there's just no seats available other than the no, Red Bull seat. It, 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 it's it's going up, but then it shoots up. You get what I'm saying? Now you have other teams looking at you, and you can and you're a race winner. That's big, man. When you're especially enough one when race wins don't come a dime a dozen. When you can say you want to race now, if he starts getting more, he can get more wins. That'll that'll be that'll be obviously even better. But he is a race winner. And not and there's most drivers on the grid can't say that. How come? <laughs> can't, can't even get a podium. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Lance Stroll has two. I think it will be tough. In a lot, of, you know, any anybody that put next to him from the rebel, you know, I guess school or you know coming up the rebel team to put next to Max is always going to be tough. Yeah, a car that's that just that good. A car that for years has been tailored towards Max. To come in and trying within half a season, because that seems to be the going rate. Exactly. Within half a season to be able to get acclimated to the car, get it the way you like, and be able to get and results. Red Bull admitted it that they've given him a different car than what they've, they've given Verstappen. They've given which is Albon. What you, Albon. Yeah, Albon, yeah. Which is, um, they, uh, what's to say they didn't do that when Gasly was there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> wh- do we see Gasly on the podium again this year? No. No, man. I mean, it has to be... Be A best of the rest, do you think? A best of the rest, maybe. Remember, he got fourth place in Bahrain a few years ago. I think that what the engine mode ban did was close up the midfield. And so when you have a team, let's say... One, I think it, it, it looks like it affected Red Bull, even though the Honda engine won. So I don't know what what's going on with Red Bull. Why weren't Red Bull up there? at all in this race they struggled all weekend and they uh, mercedes even admitted today they admitted that the fact that valtteri uh had a tough time overtaking and lewis couldn't move up even more is because they couldn't change their engine mode that was a mercedes admission so during the race this stuff matters because now you don't have that extra boost. Now, could it work against anybody else, all the other teams? Yes, it can. But in this particular race, because that rule was instated, we got the result that we got. No. We got the result that we got because Kevin Magnuson happened to go out right at the pit lane. Charles Leclerc cr- crashed. It wasn't a engine mode So why, why couldn't Botas even get to the podium? So was he does. that bad of a driver? Yeah. Because <laughs> look at what Lewis did. Um, so what we saw was, I don't think that, uh, I'm going to be upfront. I'm going to say, I don't think that it had that much of an effect on the race. If we're talking about Bodas in particular, it was 
we talked about it. He had some issues. He he had issues with the cooling of the car that was discussed even during the race. And then we also talked about he had a lower or a higher downforce on his car. We don't know what. I bet you that they anticipated running ahead, and that they would not have they would not have had the issues they had with the cooling, and they probably um, would have been much faster in clean air. We talked about earlier that they didn't even t- uh, need a tow or they didn't want a tow from each other. Yeah. That car is made to run in clean air. That's exactly my point. Why yeah, he has so much problem with the, with the you know cooling. Because they even they even changed the the radiator ducts during the red flag for Mercedes because they were having that much yes, problem. That's when the FIA guy was they were showing in the parts that they were trying to change. You know, but the side the side parts of the car they were trying to change. But you know. Like I said, it's it's due to the engine band that Valtteri couldn't move up, but it's also no. Yes, we just said that it was he no. wasn't in clean Mercedes admitted he it. Have, he didn't have Mercedes he, admitted it. I will take the word of Mercedes. What, what Mercedes mm. said is that they would have been able to over uh, to overtake more. Yeah, of course, if they have the most powerful yes. party mode, it so would help them the most. Yes, halfway through a race, if they had that party mode, Valtteri couldn't at least make the podium. But they have it, so we got. And they focus. also had other problems. My my thing is we can't just take this sample from a race that everything else happened to say, oh yeah, this worked I or it didn't with work. You, we can't just do that one factor, but it is a factor. You can't say so, it had nothing to do it. It had nothing to do with the outcome of the race. It is a factor. Like there are many other factors. So where there's tires, things? there's cooling, there's engine, but there's also engine maps. Now, There's, where do you think where where do you think Ham would have finished if he would have had a party mode? I think he probably would have gotten maybe fourth place. He was moving through the pack super quick, c- considering that he didn't have that extra party mode. But that's Hamilton, bro. That dude is a, a I mean, a beast. So a who beast. does he who does he pass to get into fourth place? So he passes Sergio Perez, who has the same Mercedes engine. Lance, well, Lance Stroll was ahead. Does he pass uh, Lando Norris? I think that if you, if for example, he probably would have. He was in clean air when he when he got to the back of the pack. Yes, right. So he probably and we saw how fast that car was, that was the, in that was, the clean air. That was the that was the quote of the of the race. He said, "How far am I back to?" to he's like, "That's some ish." Yeah. That was great, but I think he probably would have gotten gotten through faster and he probably would have overtaken some other cars faster if he had that extra power just to overtake cars. It was halfway through the race. It wasn't like it was like a three yeah. quarters into the race. So, but you create, there's also other problems with saying that statement because I bet you if he was to be up against any of those other cars, right? They move over. If they're like, okay, now I I can fight with Lewis Hamilton. They're going to do it. And they're not going to just let him pass. So if we say that we don't have the uh, the engine modes available, the drivers also change their the mentality to those front-running teams. So I, I just feel like there's just too many factors there. And then beyond that, like I said, who does he pass? He's not going to pass Bottas. He's not just going to let him through, right? The Lando Norris, McLaren had the best pace of the weekend, right? Yeah. We can agree to that? Mm-hmm. Then we talk about the Renaults, same engine as the McLaren, and we've seen them, 
they didn't have a good weekend because they just, everybody else was just good. But I don't think that Lewis Hamilton on the straights would have been able to get past them. We saw that they're, we know that their straight line speed is down from the what the Renault was exhibiting. So I, I just can't agree that if everybody had a party mode available, that it would have been so much no, easier. No, but I'm not saying... I'm or not, even well, an in, a more entertaining race, I should say. No, I'm not saying that it... That it what, 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 <laughs> did you just say that? that Sorry, you're the reverse. You're saying yes. that it was more entertaining because... So you're saying that overtaking is not entertaining. I, no, I it is that. entertaining, but... We don't want to see Mercedes winning all the time. That's the point. I don't think that, dude, they were eight tenths clear of the McLaren in qualifying. But again, the car in qualifying, you're running in clean air. You can go that okay, fast. Okay, so I'm going to take, I'm going to go to yeah. the start of the race. He was, Hamilton was way ahead until the safety car. Yeah. yeah. So he we, messed up. It, it, he messed up because of this. So you said that it was because and, of the and, engine and mode. Valtteri, and Valtteri was struggling behind all those cars because he messed up. Okay, so. Because that car started overheating and he, he, and he, and Valtteri said it on the radio. He said, this engine mode sucks. Meaning he didn't have any anything else, any other tools in his box in order to, for him to overtake those, those those other cars ahead of him. He didn't say this and engine mode. He said, "I'm going slow as shit." No, he said he said this engine mode sucks. Mm. Look at the radio, bro. Hmm. So I want to I want to understand hear the radio. I should say. Hamilton. Look at the radio. Hamilton was ahead in first place, and that makes because the engine modes were uh, restricted. That makes it an entertaining race. No, that wasn't what happened. What happened was the safety car came out that screwed up Hamilton's race. He would have been in first place. He would have won that race. Yeah, but look who was right behind him. It was Carlos Sainz and Lance Stroll. Why did that happen? Because Bottas bogged down. It's not the first time. And he couldn't come through the pack like he usually because does. Because he had issues with downforce and, and he, cooling. And he said that his engine mode sucks. Okay, but... That is not going to make up the difference of the issues that he had. We saw two years ago in Austria, Mercedes have the same problem with cooling, and they finished, what, fifth and sixth in that race? I think we're going to have to dis agree to disagree because I don't see your point. I, I just, see I, can't see, I can't, I can't no, what, agree. What, what, what I'm trying to say is that this race did not prove, you know, the results no, that we had in the race but did I not prove I that these results that came out because of the party book. No, I didn't, yeah, I didn't say that either. I just said it was a factor. <laughs> I didn't say that either. Mm. I said it was a factor. We can go back to the recording. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot said. <laughs> and I'm still like over here, like, what the hell? <laughs> Let us know what you guys think. Yes, yes. At Jump to Start F1 on Twitter and on Instagram and jump to start at gmail.com uh, for email. So we talked about Pierre. We kind of talked about Carlos Sainz, who had a great weekend. This guy. <laughs> It's funny because I went home. Uh, I, every Sunday I go home, I talk to my dad. He tells me what he thinks. He's like, you know, if it was Max in the car, he would have passed Pierre Gasly. Uh, Signs is such a, a timid driver, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I, I looked at him. I'm like, really? Like, I felt that this week, Carlos Signs finally put a foot forward as far as I'm a driver you guys got to pay attention to. And, and this is him not believing he was going to finish anywhere. He said after the qualifying debrief saying, I don't think tomorrow will be at the same you know, level of pace. Right. Meaning he did not right. believe he was going to be nowhere near He said day. that he was going to let them do their own race and he exactly. was just going to fight in the midfield. That's exactly what he said. And then look where we finished. So imagine if he had that belief in, no, we got this. We're going to. 
I don't know. It's, I, it's an aggressive. And uh, the engine mode. It's, <laughs> geez, it's, <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's, it's an aggressive side that I haven't seen from science. The radio was good. Yeah. I, you know, he, he smelled that wind. It was like, it was, it was like a, it was like a, a, a predator after its prey. And it was an, an aggressiveness that I haven't seen from signs and which makes me excited because he's going to come drive for my team next year at the back. <laughs> he's so, going to take over for George so Russell. Say, George Russell. <laughs> yeah. So you say, <laughs> but, um, he drove phenomenal this weekend to one to finish third in qualifying or put it in P3 for, for to, to start the race and to, even though things didn't really work out his way, he still managed to run, still running third um, at the initial, uh, after the initial start, the first race of the weekend <laughs> was running in third until the whole safety car debacle happened and then put it in P2. Um, and he was what, 0.4 seconds from the victory. Yeah. I think if he had one more lap, he might have, I'm not going to say for sure, but he might have gone past Gasly. His pace was showing that. Because yeah. um, Gasly, uh, he was on the better tires than Gasly. Dude, he drove phenomenal this weekend, and it and it, you feel bad for him because he didn't want to get that win because you were pushing for it, and those are the those are the types of race finishes that we want to see. We want to see at least two drivers going in for that victory. Um, he did amazing. Hats off to Carlos Sainz. I think when Carlos Sainz started, even like like I mentioned earlier, from qualifying, at qualifying he, he kept showing the times that we just kept you know getting better and better and better. So that, that that brought him in his head also a reassurance of, hey, push a little more, push a little more, and that's how they get faster. And yeah. he had the package this weekend. This weekend was his weekend. What what McLaren did this weekend was what I thought Renault was going to do this weekend. Yes, because they've been, they're the ones showing more of the speed. So where is the same, same engine? So where is yeah. that Renault engine now, man? Are, are I think it's good. That? I think that they just, I think Renault just had a bad weekend. And Renault had a yeah. horrible start. So Ricardo was then, like on the size and, or the third. But, right, but then that's the other thing. Like, you you can't discount that there was just so much chaos in this race mm-hmm. that it could have, I, I think Ricardo actually mentioned it in his post-race interview, that it just put them on the back foot and they could not recover. Right, yes. they were just put in the, in, in the wrong positions because they looked like they were running well either way. But it's just that nothing went their way as far as them falling into place. It did for Lance Stroll. <laughs> Wow, yeah, wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the lap times now. That was the clicking of the of the mouse. But uh, looking to compare Carlos Sainz and Lando Norris, man, Lando was not like that that far off. It's just a little bit in the mid 30s laps that he. That's where Sainz really kind of took off. And Carlos Sainz was actually on used mediums from lap 26 on. So was uh, Lando Norris, and Gasly was on uh, new mediums. I. I it was nice to see it wasn't much of a battle. It would have been nice to see what would have happened if he had the extra engine mode available, scenario seven that Lando Norris did. <laughs> but he didn't, and it was still interesting at the end. It would have been more interesting with the engine scenario mode. Scenario seven, yes. It would have been a foregone conclusion. I don't I don't think so him. because Pierre Gasly would unleash his VTEC. He would <laughs> the one that passed the Ferrari. Yes, the one that <laughs> the one that's faster than the Ferrari. <laughs> the Honda V Tech. Yep. He'd be able to just get it done. <laughs> a Civic won a race. Yeah. 
Yeah. Either way, we're happy for Carlos Sainz, a, a Spaniard. Uh, it's just nice to see before he ends up at the back of the pack next year. Yes, sir. Haters. And then Lance Stroll. I thought he, we were going to stop hitting on Ferrari. A little bit. Lance Stroll um, finished up in third place, but he, so we, we talk a lot of crap about Lance Stroll, but he drove pretty well, but he was really helped out big time by a, a completely free tire swap that allowed him to stay at the front of the pack. Yeah, but the the restart, he he nailed he, it. He nailed it. He's good at the starts. No, man, not in this one. He no, I think he started he, and he, then he got passed. Yeah, so I'm saying he because he had a horrible start. I think he had like a bunch. He he said himself. I think he he had a bunch of wheel spin oh, when he so, started. All right, so maybe I'm. Maybe I'm thinking no, about the actual start. Oh, no, no, I'm talking about the restart. No, no, I know, but maybe I'm in my head. The start, I'm of, the, the start of the second start. race. Yeah, yeah, the start yeah. of the second race. The sprint race. Yeah. The sprint race. So in that restart, that's where he got passed by everybody. I even think he got passed by Lando Norris. Yo, it was awesome seeing Kimi at the front. <laughs> it was like, oh my God, he was battling, but ultimately the car just let him down. Not but, even the car, the engine. Ugh, God. But uh, yeah, so that's the podium finishers. Uh, Stroll did well. Listen, still sucks though. Uh, yeah, he does, but he did well. He drove well this weekend. He has he's driving solid this year. I'm not saying that he's driving like top notch. I'm not. I'm not saying that he's driving um, at the level of let's say a Pierre Gasly right now or Max Verstappen or Lewis Hamilton. But he's solid. He's bringing home the results. He got a podium. Um, any you know any driver of a less caliber would have probably dropped down the order more. Yeah. Um, and he's young, man. Maybe he'll get better. You right now, he still car? sucks. But you don't think it's the car? I think he's getting better. Himself. No, I think he's, I think no, he's it's not. No, the car. it's not the car, though, man. Because look at Perez. Perez wasn't nowhere this. Yeah, year. but Perez got. So we can't discount that Lance Stroll got the during the red flag. You're allowed to change the tires for free without having to come in to, to do a pit stop. That it basically put, counts as your pit stop. Yeah, that one mandatory that pit stop. did. Uh, you know, wonders for Lance Stroll. You know so, what fixes that? Two mandatory pit stops. Oh. That's maybe. my campaign. Yeah. He you for president. So, I mean, we could only, you I'm know, we talked about the banner right now. Comparing Stroll to Gasly or Hamilton, whatever. We could only really compare him to the guy in the same car on the opposite side of the garage. And that's what uh, Ruben was saying. Lance Stroll has 57 driver's championship points to Sergio Perez's 34. Granted. Perez missed what two races? Two so, races if, yeah. so if you add how, how many Perez has? Thirty four. There's a twenty three point difference. So if you add the fifteen, the Hulkenberg had, I think Hulkenberg when he was there for those two races, he got fifteen points. So it still be off. So yeah. Well, remember Hulkenberg also had, did not start or whatever, did not finish. You know, he never he missed the race. You think Perez would have qualified third in in Silverstone? Uh, I don't know. Look, the only way we could do this is, to, we, this is, this is, just is like, to average it per race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. Let's not get into that. But I think that he is actually getting better. I think he's doing better. I think that the, it just, it's just taking him time. Yeah. Uh, listen, I mean, he is a Formula One driver, so. He's lucky that his dad owns the I mean, team he's not team. Wellington. But, oh, but, come on. You know. Best driver in the world. Yeah. Stroll sucks. <laughs> uh, so Mercedes and their team struggles we talked about this kind of already but Boras needs to really get his act together with the starts he's gotten lucky before last year he had that start that was well I think two two times that happened to him where, where he started and it just happened to be almost simultaneous with the light going out so it was like a uh, phenomenal start 
Uh, Sebastian Vettel even called on the radio during that race that he jumped the start. Yes, sir. But he needs to figure it out because this is now a couple of times this year that he's gotten a bad start off of the line and it kills his the whole rest of the race because now he's focused on trying to overtake in a car that may overheat. Maybe it seems like he's losing. He loses confidence the minute that he makes a mistake. You know, it's it's a complete opposite of what happens on the other side of the garage. Yeah. You know, I, I, Lewis didn't make the mistake. Well, it, it's a team effort, but they told him to come in. He went in. But either way, you're put in that situation where you put literally, um, I don't know how many seconds was was he behind. 26, dude, 20, 26 behind the last behind place Behind the car, last place car. Which was Alex Albon, which is another story. But Yeah, well, <laughs> whatever. Um, 26 seconds behind, and then he moves up through the pack. That was a great recovery drive. So, and 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 that is what I look at, right? You're in the same car. You're you're consistently running fifth. What, what did he finish? Fifth or sixth? Sixth. Sixth. He finished sixth. So you're consistently running sixth, and you can't seventh. Get by I'm sorry, he finished seventh. He finished seventh. No, no, I'm talking about Bottas. Oh, Bottas. He finished fifth. Fifth. Yeah. So you're trying to tell me for twenty something laps. You can't overtake one car? Not one car? Listen. It's still... Yes, Mercedes made a you know, costly mistake for the race. But it's still so amazing that this guy is 26 seconds behind the last place car. And he still goes down all the way to, what, seventh? The hand finish? Without a party mode. Or without, you know, overturning the engine or whatever you want to call it. This guy deserves even the credit he's not given as being such a good driver because he talking about Hamilton yes yeah because Ham come on as soon as he pits his pit wall tells him oh by the way it's looking we might make it up to P6 that's so and that's what he said yep that's so <laughs> ish dude and he and he and he nailed it bro he 26 seconds behind the car and then with the overheating last place. the last place car then uh you know, even with the overheating issues and not having the party mode, you, you're still going to make it up to seventh place. That's insane. Yes, bro. So. I don't think he had I don't think he had the overheating issues to the degree that Bottas had yeah. because he was running in first place in clean air. Then the red flag came. A safety car, then red flag. And then he was so far back in last place that he was in clean air. That's what they told him. He wasn't going to get P6. And, but, and this is the thing that, that got to me. And this was at the first part of the race. The cars were running so much closer together than you've seen in a long time. I haven't. And I know the, the midfield runs close, but you usually have like three or four packs of cars going around the track. Everybody was together. So that didn't help Bottas out either. We saw the same thing in Spa last week. The cars were closer together than normal. I don't know if it's a function of when the safety cars came in actually both races, but. But uh, either way, Botas is in a superior car than anybody else. It's the class of the field. At least overtake one car. Just one. <laughs> oh, he took, overtook one. <laughs> well, all right, two. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, and this was uh, the perfect. I think this was the race. This was a perfect one. opportunity to him. When you see Hamilton go to the back of the field, this is a perfect opportunity for you to get up to the front of the pack and gain all those points that you lost during the past few races against Lewis Hamilton. Because I I still think it's going to wind up being at the end of the season, Hamilton obviously winning the championship and Bradley Bottas second because that car is so good. 
And if he and if he finishes third behind Verstappen, that's gonna be a travesty. I think this is one of the problems that Bottas has. He has a problem uh, taking advantage of situations, and that's what makes a great driver. Well, I mean, that's what Nico Rosberg did. Yeah, yeah. So th this weekend should have been his race to win. You know, it's exactly what it's exactly what Pierre Gasly did. Exactly. Things work your way. You take advantage of it. That's a race winner. Yeah, Bottas is only seven points ahead of Max Verstappen, who DNF'd. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, on the list here, on, on the outline, I have going back to, well, to talk about McLaren, but we already kind of talked about them a lot. Sainz qualified third, finished second. Lando qualified sixth, finished fourth. That car looks good. Even Daniel Ricciardo said that he was impressed by the pace. And I bet that he was there, like, just clapping, rubbing his hands together. Like, ah, so yeah. see you soon. Yeah, I'll see you soon, baby. Yeah, that car, I mean, we, we talked about it last week. McLaren are where they should be at. And and if something crazy happens, they can take advantage of it, which a lot of crazy stuff happened during this race. And they took advantage of it. You know, you, you got a second place and a fourth place. A big points haul for them uh, should bring them up in the midfield pack. They're, they're racing phenomenal, and the car seems like it is getting better. And the Renault engine seems like it's getting better. Which is crazy, right? <laughs> I think this is... Well, it can't get better. So Because they have a... They have a uh, uh, a development freeze, so it has to be on the chassis side. Of the right. Maybe they're just unlocking more of that potential. Uh, I mean, software update? I, I don't know. Engine mode bands? You know, yeah. I don't know. I think this is the, the next <laughs> shot of adrenaline that McLaren just got. Yeah. Because remember, they, they, they got it at the beginning when last lap Lando started to show and stuff like that. With so, the engine modes. Scenario 7, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so now this is probably, the, you know, another, pretty much another boost that they're getting. Maybe they should, like I said before, should keep with the momentum and try to maximize it. Yeah. Okay. And then, all right. So other stories from this weekend. I mean, we pretty much talked a lot about it, but um, we'll go through this one quick. But the the Ferrari car itself, can we just agree that it's just not where it's supposed to be? Not just the engine, but the balance of it itself. We've seen, we always made fun of Spe uh, Seb for spinning. Now we've seen uh, Charles Leclerc spin in uh, Spain and this weekend as well. The balance is just not there, and both times it was the back end that went out on them. Yeah, the the, the car the, itself is just shot. The car is bad, and as we were talking about Mercedes, that their engine is good, the arrow is good, the strategist is good, the entire team is good. Ferraris on the other end <laughs> of the spectrum, they have no they have they have no balance in that car. Their engine sucks. Ferrari sucks, man. Dude, even yes, their cu the customer teams are doing better than them. Yes. yes. Well, oh, the f well, another funny thing that happened during this race, and uh, oh, well, not during the race, uh, after, right after the race, uh, Roman Grosjean was being interviewed by uh, Will Buxton, and uh, and he said that he was happy to win the Ferrari Challenge. <laughs> Whoa! I started dying. What were you gonna say, Ruben? No, I you just said we have to look at what. The changes they had, they were forced to make to that engine, really affected the overall the car. Can't be that dude. much. Can't that's what I keep because that's the no, only major. It's just, it's just that's not, the only major thing that we know that happened yeah. to the team itself. Yeah, but it's not that just, they were forced to change the was, engine. It was or the way they were developing the engine. They were forced to stop going Bernardo that route. Touched on this in, in an interview last week. He said that they were they designed that car obviously um, for the fast engine. No, yeah, exactly. They designed that car. To have more power, basically. So when you have more power, 
you can get it, hide, it just, hides sins. Yeah, it hides sins, but it also you can literally push through all the drag. But once you have no power, all that air is just sitting there is gonna weigh your the car. The drag is down. coming yeah, to you. The drag is coming to you. So you can't overpower that drag. So you know, and then COVID hits and you can't really develop the car, and then you have the the freezes. It's just it was like a perfect storm. They didn't start off right, and then when everything happens, it just brought them even more to the ground. It's completely their fault. It's nobody else's fault but theirs. They definitely have the resources to build a better car and have a better team. They yeah. need to blow that thing up. Do they? A little bit of vindication. Not vindication, but for, for Vettel, who, like, through no fault of his own, <laughs> to retire the car, the freaking break-by-wire went, and then Leclerc had his problems, and it's like... It, Did you already send your, uh, your love card, your greeting card to Vettel? No, I sent my application to Ferrari. No. <laughs> my resume. They're going to probably be a worse Okay, team. so... <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm pretty good on on F1 2020. <laughs> um, so, all right, guys, to wrap up this weekend, good race, bad race. What do you guys think? Well, obviously not bad race. Come on, man. Just a, that was a great race. A great race. This, yeah, this was, was the first race, race in a long time that I don't get sleepy in the middle of the race. Okay, because we had a standing start again. We had two races. <laughs> we had two, like two races, and and you're like in. You're also so pumped. That Bring like, sprint what? races to F one, <laughs> yeah. baby. Yeah, you're so pumped inside that That's your body's be not the campaign coming down. Slogan. You start with a big high adrenaline in the beginning, and then as the race starts to die down, so does your body starts to come down, and then we Saturday. So you know Sundays, and it's early for us here. So, yeah, introduce a little bit of unpredictability, man, and we have a recipe for not disaster for greatness. I think that I think it was entertaining. I didn't think it was a great race. Why not? I think the racing portions of him kind of left me wanting more. I thought it was entertaining because a lot of different stuff happened. Yes, but but those are the kind of races that we're getting now in the V six hybrid era. You're not getting great racing. That's that's what we've been getting for the past what. Since 2014. You sure? Because Austria was pretty good this year. Silverstone was pretty good. Last year, we had all kinds of great races. Everything after uh, the French Grand Prix. At, at what's the, the stupid track that everybody Port hates? Ricard. Yeah. After that, everything was freaking awesome. Yeah, we had, but... And racing-wise. Granted, whatever. Like, Mercedes at the front. Who cares? I know, but, uh, sorry. So, last, let's say, let's take last season. What would you consider the best race of the season? Of last season? Germany? Brazil. Brazil, it was a hard-fought race. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, hard-fought race. And we had rain and crazy accidents and things happened. Those, that's what, you know. But it was a was, good, it was a good race. Yeah, this, this one this, was as well. This weekend was not a good race. Stuff happened and it was entertaining. Stop being a party poop. Listen. He's missing the party mode. He's, yeah. <laughs> they it, took away his engine bands. Yes. <laughs> or they banned his engine mode. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, what I, you know what I noticed from this weekend? What's that? That, I have to, you know, double check on it, but that I did not see anybody pretty much celebrating with, uh, with Lance Stroll at the debrief. Like the number of the Lance Stroll was like to his side and you see Pierre mad pump and science <laughs> mad pump. And <laughs> Stroll is to the side like, how about me, guys? He probably was thinking he had that that one. Oh, so he was also disappointed because he yeah. lost it. Gotcha, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it, he was still sleeping. Science. It, it seems like science didn't know whether to to be disappointed or celebrating, because normally in normal circumstances, for you to get P two, 
dude, that's great for McLaren. He but then so close, he was man. just so close to the race when it's like, ah. he was so close. Yeah. It was like him waiting for his podium yep. uh, last year when he got it at, what's it? He got it after the race in Brazil. Oh, in Brazil, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. It, we, driver standing wise, obviously him at the top, Boras, like we talked about, second, Verstappen, third. Then it's Lance Stroll and Lando Norris tied at 57. Alex Albon at 48. How crazy is that, right? <laughs> And Charlotte Claire at 45 on seventh place. My boy Charlie. Yeah, with a terrible car. He had two DNFs and he's still up there. But he has two podiums. Yes. Exactly. And and then the constructors, it's Mercedes, obviously way out in front. Uh, Red Bull of 158. McLaren in third place with 98. Racing Point, 82. Renault, 71. Ferrari, 61. AlphaTauri, 47. And then it's... Two, one, and then it'll be interesting yeah. to see where Ferrari finishes. Well, the they look like right now, like Kimmy was when he was running and was he running in second, yeah. And he just fell down the order. That's what Ferrari's doing right now in the construction championship. <laughs> <laughs> this is falling who was, down. Who was the driver order. of the day? Driver of the day was Pierre, Pierre Gasly. Gasly. Okay. Uh, so that was another thing. My dad was very adamant. He was like, Lewis Hamilton should have been driver yeah. of the day. That's what I think too. <laughs> he fell back and he had and to he come back, up. yeah. That, you know what? He does have a good point. There. Yeah. yeah, he was the actual driver of the day because he actually overcame. I don't know if he listens, but he's like every Sunday he like just stands there and he yells at me at what he thinks should happen. I'm like, all right, Dad. You know what? I picture you that saying. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So that wraps up our race coverage. Now to do a little bit of a preview for Mugello, the Tuscany Grand Prix. Um. So before anything, what we always do. What do you guys think that the track layout looks like? I got nothing. So, look, I'm going to tell you what I think. If you have it with the, I guess, the curvy part down, down pointed down towards the bottom, it looks like a like a chameleon or like a lizard on a branch with the tail Ooh. curled underneath it. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, my God. <laughs> and then if you look at it the other way, it, it looks like, a, like almost like a, a beaver with the tail curled up overhead. Or like an alligator. Dude, what is your obsession with animals? He's trying to make a, p- a picture of it. <laughs> there's, there's animals all, all over the world here. What are you talking about? Before it was dinosaurs. He's moving more. He's he moving closer to the edge. He's <laughs> to, the, to the years you now. This is the guy. That last, last week he said that the Monza track looked like a sex toy. So I don't want to hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't want to hear anything. <laughs> Thank God I didn't say the bong. <laughs> <laughs> right. So Mugello, this is actually the first race the first first official formula one race at this track it's a track owned a track owned by ferrari um it is described on f1.com as a swooping undulating circuit that drivers almost universally adore set in a valley that uh set in a valley the natural topography makes a lap of 3.3 mile track um a roller coaster ride with the stomach churning run through casanova savelli and into Arabiata one and two, a particular highlight. That sounds like you're oh, describing. Who wrote that? An the amusement Indian park ride. Castle? Who wrote that? <laughs> Whoever wrote it is, a, like po- a, is a poet. Yeah, yeah. Poet. <laughs> yeah I'm waiting Yo, for. I this. mentioned everything, but poet Picasso, Da Vinci. I didn't even mention a poet. <laughs> I'm about to get. I'm, I'm about wow. to get a uh, wine and cheese and watch the race with that. There you go. There you go. It is wine country. So. Paul DeResta says that the drivers might not even dip below fourth gear. So 
Wow, for real? Yeah, Beto, Beto pretty much <coughs> the same thing too. Beto says that um, it's a shame that this track is on, on a regular part of the you know the calendar all the time because it's also you know because of the incredible or how incredible the track is with all the high speed corners that he has. Yeah, it does look like um, it doesn't have any any of these like heavy braking zones. No. It's just swooping corners, flowy track, like what I call flowy track. A lot like uh, it's not. Well, Silverstone is a flowy track, but Silverstone is a lot more high speed. I don't know how high speed this track will be. We're uh, running long, so the tire compounds are on the hardest side. C one, C two, C three. So that they're the hardest that they could be, essentially. Uh, anything to add for Mugello? A uh, little bit of history. Go ahead. Uh, it's normally used is by by MotoGP. They've been they use it on a regular basis. Uh, are you asking me? Or are you talking? No, I'm not saying that it's normally <laughs> used by MotoGP. Uh, the location is pretty much south of Bologna, but north of uh, of Florence. Oh, you know, it's like like a map thing. Yeah. Uh, and it was also used for the winter testing, I believe, in 2012. By all the teams. But we've never had a race there before. No, not an official race, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to come out 20 and pounds the, heavier. I don't know if you... The unofficial track lap record is held by none other than... Kimi. Romain Grocher. Really? What? 121. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was the winner that, of the Ferrari Challenge. There you go. They're going to come out 20 pounds heavier because Bologna... Oh, my God, the food over there. Ruben yes, knows. Sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm, I still can't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> De la sangre. So, all right, let's do, let's let the uh, the champion here lead off. Yancy, prediction-wise, knowing the type of track that it is. I want to do it for Yancy. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. I will say, Ham, Max is making a comeback this weekend, and both us third. Best of the rest will be, uh, that one is, is going to be a little tougher to pick. You know what? Let's say he stays with the momentum. Science. Okay. Ooh. okay. Okay. For third? That was a gamble. No, for fourth. Oh, Best of the rest. Fourth. Okay. Best of the rest. Fourth. Okay. You go ahead, Wellington. He's still thinking. I'm gonna go. So they said it was a fast, undulating lap, roller coastery. So I'm thinking about the Singapore. What was it? 2018 lap that Hamilton did. I think he's gonna take first. I think also Max is gonna be second. Bottas is gonna be third. I'm gonna go with Lando Norris as third place. We've seen him in a fast, undulating lap. This year That's in Austria, yeah. he did really well. Uh, seems to me it, it doesn't look the same, but it, it could have some of the, the same type of uh, Ricardo. characteristics. Ricardo could be a guy to take fourth too, because, that's, you know, last lap Lando thing. That's, that. that would be Rast Rap Ricardo, no? <laughs> <laughs> um, it was going to be a Mercedes one too. Now, I hesitate to put uh, Max in third because I'm not sure where they're at right now. They were nowhere this entire weekend. So they're not. Well, and I don't. And, and I mean, we can't have a definite answer if the engine mode ban is affecting them because that's something that you're not going to know until you have a few races in the books. So I say best of the rest will be Max. So who's third? Hmm. 
Who's turd? Hmm. Put Paris in there. Wow. Paris needs a good race. So yeah, he has yeah. a really good race. And they have the car. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, I mean, uh, nah, but it's a no. Nah, it's not gonna be Paris. You know why? Because they don't do well in these like furry right. tracks. They didn't do well in Silverstone. So you you're you're either gonna have to you're either you're either gonna have to. He did not race. Yeah, The car did the the car wasn't wasn't good at that. Yeah. It wasn't good there at all. So what you got to put a McLaren? You got to put a McLaren or a Renault in there. That's what a Ricardo might be. Because remember when when Lando did the last you know last lap Lando, it was by Stroll and Ricardo. Mm. I'm going to put Science in there at third. <laughs> Science third? Yeah, Science third will stop at fourth. Wow. Anything else, guys, this week? It's a long episode. No, it, no, it's... Uh, we do, we obviously don't know what's going to happen in Magello. We never raced there before. So I hope I get um, my predictions right. Cause, and get back on track? Yeah. You know, <laughs> it was kind of cool having a few right predictions. So uh, get back on track with the predictions and... Uh, let's see how this goes out, man. I hope uh, I hope it's gonna be another another good race, um, or, or, or the first good race for Wellington since he didn't like the last one. It wouldn't be the first good race of this year. Remember, I like Spain. You didn't. Oh, that was so boring. It was so good. You were the only one that thought that was fun. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> Ruben, anything to close us out? No, I just can't wait for the weekend. I want to actually see whatever this track brings us. All right. We so, always can't wait for the weekend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for other reasons too. But uh, guys, follow us on Twitter and on Instagram, our social media platforms at Jump to Start F1. We're on YouTube, Jump to Start Racing uh, podcast channel. Uh, we're also all over all the uh, podcast Can platforms. You, uh, you uh, what are the platforms again? Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes. I'm sorry, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio. And Stitcher. Let me I say that like again. I'm, I feel like I'm coaching him. No, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Job, Wellington. It's my boy. <laughs> Everybody, we will see you after the race. We'll talk. Bye, guys. Peace Thank out. You.